0: So hello everybody! Thank you for joining our podcast today, and we have two very special guests. Two, um, we have the the physio mummies with us today, and these ladies. There's nothing these ladies don't know about female health, Um, all things pelvic floor, um, C-section, mummy tummies, uh, separated tummy muscles, general mobility. We're going to touch on everything today, ladies, because as a as a coach, I think it's important that. The feedback I always get is, first of all, lower tummy is a big one. And we're going to come on and we're going to talk about that, particularly mummies who've had C-sections and who are working super hard, still can't get that lower abdominal um, sort of it's like a protuberance of the the lower tummy muscles. And and it sort of sticks out. Um, No, no real results, despite all the activity. And I know there's plenty of people and it's a lot. Every time I put a story up on Instagram, it's the one thing. C-section tummy can't seem to get it improved, and then we have the whole issue around pelvic floor. We're going to talk about separation, and then we're going to talk about general mobility and just movement, ladies. And and I know we're talking all things menopause recently, and and um, there's a lot of changes happen. Even with you know a lot of people complain about joint stiffness and one thing or another. So I'm going to ask, um, america Kate as well about that. So, girls, I'm going to give you the opportunity to um. Well, number one, welcome. Thank you for doing the podcast. But just tell everybody who you are, what you do, and what your area of specialty is in.
1: Yeah, so go, go first. Oh.
0: <laughs> so
1: um, I'm Mary Angela, um, and uh, this is Kathy. So we are the Mummy Physios, and we are based in Aylesbury. Um, we are passionate, as Tara said. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting us on. Um, we are so passionate about women's health and well-being, um, from pregnancy, um, postnatally, um, right through to perimenopause and menopause, ladies. Um, so it's just it's sort of in us, and we want to empower and educate ladies out there so that they can um, be the best version of themselves. Um, because coming through pregnancy and postnatally, it's it's tough. So it is. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I suppose um, what has really driven our business on is our own experiences of pregnancy and birth and how much information that wasn't there when we went through it the first time. So we absorbed ourselves and learning more and really developing ourselves um, so that we could then be able to help other women um, and I think the topic that we're going to cover today is going to be very appropriate um, as we had a wee conversation there, Tara, and we're all in the uh, same boat that we've all had C-sections yeah. at some point. Now, Marianne's mm-hmm. more unique. She's had a few vaginal births under her belt too. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've all got the experience of the C-section, so it'll be yeah. good to chat through this. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I think, you know, as I was saying to you before that, as a coach, my level of knowledge only goes to a certain extent. And then there's some things that I just, just beyond my professional remit and and you always have to outsource the appropriate people and you know any of my clients who have gone to specialist physios have progressed far quicker than I could ever take them you know I just wouldn't have that level of knowledge so and I suppose from a personal perspective you know the c-section I had four c-sections I know use case had a couple between use as well and I was saying like my first c-section Tom and Alice were born within 11 months of each other and and then within like six years, I had four C-sections. And whilst, you know, I never, ever, ever regret having C-sections, none at all. And I often say maybe if I didn't have C-section, I wouldn't have four children. But I would them naturally because I find them great, I have to say. And, you know, people have horror stories. But see, I don't. I had a great Experience with my C-section births, um, they were all planned, albeit they weren't emergency, so maybe they were less traumatic. And mentally, I had time to prepare for them, and they were very, very peaceful. They were very calm, uh, very serene births. Lovely, lovely birth and experiences. But I do know, for someone who trains a lot, you know, I have never really got that shape back in my lower abs that I would have had before. I don't care. I would take it all day long, the fact that I have four healthy children. um, And every time I lock down, I thank God that I have four healthy children and that they actually came out of that. So I have no problem with it. And, you know, but other people do and they don't like it and they want to get it back. So I'm all for let's see what we can do. Let's see what the experts know. Tell us what happens and tell us, you know, how... I know, as you said, like there's there's different cases in this, you know, was a traumatic and the different scenarios around a C-section. Explain what happens Terrence, and explain, you know, is it ever possible to get that ship lower, that shape back and that shape back in your lower abdominals after one or multiple C-sections? I
1: 100% think you can totally make a change okay so yeah. um when we get women coming in it's actually just what you said there you know sometimes it goes beyond your remit you know you've been working with somebody yeah. and you just can't get that last mm-hmm. bit and we see that all the time coming into our clinic where girls are coming and going I've been training for like months and I'm losing all my weight I'm feeling really told but my tummy is really annoying me yeah and for us it's like right we need to strip it all back and yeah. we need to be like how are you functioning? And we're bringing it back, which is sometimes really hard for women. We're bringing it back to the breath and we're bringing it back to the pelvic floor so that we can get that connection to that lower tummy. And that's really hard if you're a woman that loves to go to the gym and pump iron, okay, to go from that to, okay, you want me to breathe? and But it's so important because when you're at the gym, you're working everything and you're, you know, everything is working in its maximal capacity. But when we're trying to train these wee lower tummy muscles, they're deep and they are, um, they're hard to get to, okay? And you have to really focus on getting that connection. And that takes time and that takes patience and that takes commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. if you're committed to making a change to that area, you most, most certainly can make a change. And you yeah. will see changes. Yeah, yeah, so you will. Okay. Um, and it comes to, as I was saying, the analogy that we talk about in our classes is, you know, the key to your core is your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of ladies miss that. Um, Mm -hmm. And when they're training and they're switching on their tummy muscles, they're drawing their belly button to their spine. They would hear that a lot and they would say, oh, no, I do a drama. But a lot of the times what happens with that, Tara, is if a lady isn't aware of the importance of the actual pelvic floor or how to switch that on, then the drawing the belly button to the spine will overwork the upper tummy muscles and they will not get that connection to their lower tummy whereas can i actually even are you happy to stand up to show so if if kathy stands up just to show i think this might be a class too so but like the, oh yeah well i was just going to yeah (laughs) so if basically if i got kathy to completely relax (laughs) you want to see my c-section scar here (laughs) relaxed, right right, and now if you were to just yep so if you were to just draw your belly button to your spine uh-huh. Okay, you see, there's lots of activity happens in these yeah. upper three muscles, right? Okay, and then not as much happens. But Kathy's actually very good at this, so not sure. as much happens in the lower tummy. But now, if I get Kathy to engage through pelvic floor, watch the lift from the lower tummy right up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that lifts yeah. up through the section. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's a big thing. And another big thing that we talked about was lack of sensation there. Yeah, so if someone has a lack of sensation in their lower tummy, as in the numbness there from the C section sometimes there's a a thought process out there oh well you know numb and I just never get that back that's so not true Mm -hmm. and again there is um I suppose and there is more of the recent years isn't it the importance of looking at early mobilization breathing work desensitization but also I suppose for a lot of your listeners are there maybe further down the line and thinking well do you know what is it too late is there much point now? And there absolutely is, do you know what I mean? So it's never too late to start addressing kind of scar tissue work and huh. work on that area. And the more you touch and the more you put proprioceptive feedback to that area, the more kind of chance of like nerve regrowth and, and, and getting that connection back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what Mary Angela is saying there in terms of the, the lower tummy versus the upper tummy. And I was saying that there about the tug of war, like, you know, thinking about a tug of war, your lower tummy muscles versus your upper tummy muscles, if they're working against each other, the upper tummy muscles are always going to win. And if they're working harder than your lower tummy muscles, they're exerting the pressure downwards, which then emphasizes that C-section pouch. Yes. We talk about working from the bottom up, and that's where we talk about the pelvic floor. So if you think about the pelvic floor attaching from your tailbone to your pubic bone, and if you can get that engagement, and then from the pubic bone, lifting up. Okay, so that's the first thing I do if a woman's standing in the clinic. I'm like, I want to see how they're engaging and automatically they're an upper uh, tummy activator. I'm like, right, we need to settle that down. So get the upper tummy muscles to relax and then trying to get that engagement via the pelvic floor into the lift up. And they will most definitely notice a difference with that if they can get that right.
0: Yeah. So you're saying even from the very simple thing, like so post C-section, I remember after having my C-sections, I was numb. And, you know, and there was patches of it numb. Not all of it was numb, but there's patches. And I did come back. So you're saying from the actual skin itself and the touch right through um, when you're doing a C-section, a lot of women don't even know the process of C-section and how many layers, you know, talk about the layers that they cut through, you know, tell us about that process and how far down is those muscles? So you have the the skin that they cut through and then obviously there's layers that you have to go through and you go through the muscle as well. So tell us about that process and what actually happens and and the the process of repair and, and, and regrowth and, you know all all of that well
1: actually just but you just but that's thoughts in my head and then you can jump in my angela um the c-section scar a lot of these are like this it's visible you'll see what 10 sometimes maybe 15 centimeters long c-section scar and once that's closed, for a lot of women they're like yep perfect i've healed but yeah. our education then someone is like this scar is what you're seeing but you have yeah. got Depth to that scar, and then you've so it's horizontal, and then you've got the longitudinal scar on your uterus. uterus, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there are significant layers that has been cut through, and then your tummy muscles have been separated out in order for that baby to be lifted out of your tummy. So it's we we are at that real point when we're working with the ladies early on to be educating them that. This is major abdominal surgery. Yeah.
0: And People can't. don't realize that. I think as yeah. you see, they just see the surface scar healed over and there's women come to me, you know, 12 weeks after having a C-section and going, look folks, you know, this is a big, this is this is not a matter of jumping straight on and doing strength training and core work straight away. You know, yeah. you've undergone a lot of surgery. This, this is a big procedure you've had and they don't see the underneath stuff. They just see the front yeah. layer, the, the, I, the shop I, window as I call it. I will have to kind
1: of sit hand and heart, right? My first child, um, she was an emergency section and I didn't, I wasn't in this area. I didn't know enough. And I just went back to training at eight weeks and I was living in Australia and felt everything was fine. Uh, fast forward to my second uh, birth. And again, I ended up in an emergency section and um, they had a stop and called the consultant and they couldn't get through the scar tissue. So um, it took a long time. Now, and then when I got pregnant with my third I was a bit worried that obviously I had all this scar tissue um but I had done loads of work after my second baby because I knew more and had done all the breathing mobilization work my third section there was no issues so it just shows you about yes I didn't know enough and I didn't do anything but when I did do something it made a big difference for my third birth so it don't work is what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Something else that we talked about too, just for any ladies that you have, maybe that they've had a section and they're maybe going again and they're thinking, oh, this is another section.
0: Yeah.
1: But, and they've had an issues potentially with their first one that you were sort of saying, which I thought was quite nice. We're talking about this morning. It's like they've nearly got another, say, if they haven't done work first time round or second time round and they're going for another section they've nearly got another chance at it do you know what I mean because um they're going through the, they're go through, through the scar tissue and they can excise some of that scar tissue old scar tissue away so it's nearly like another bite of the cherry
0: yeah 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 and I, it's funny because I remember going in for my fourth um because Tom and Alice were so literally I had had, had Tom and then you know he was like two, three months old and was pregnant again I was having and then for my postnatal checkup and I was told I was pregnant again, you know, so I never really had the chance to, to rehab it straight back in again. But it was my fourth was pretty bad now because I did not have the knowledge back then, you know, yeah. that I would have now to know what to do. So, you know, for anybody listening to this and you're at that early stage, where you're thinking about having babies and you, you may have a C-section. It was great to know all this stuff and have that knowledge in advance. So you, you know what to do. And And the other thing as well, you know, as a coach, particularly when I was coaching on site, you know, was was the issues around pelvic floor. And I remember you know people who've had natural birth saying well you know see things like star jumps or you know step ups and things where you were bouncing and jumping it was like oh Tara come on give me something different to do <laughs> you know you don't want to puddle on the floor and and funnily enough you know as somebody who's had a c-section as well I'm exactly the same it might not be as bad but I'm the same you know even running I used to do race 5k's and 10k's and after the race it was like Oh my god! Please, I I, I think I'm I'm actually going to wet myself here, um. And I've had four C sections, so I know it's not limited to people who've just had vaginal births. It's people with C sections as so well. Talk us through the whole pelvic floor, um, issue post birth, and you know for natural birth and C section because I know I'm I'm the same. You know, not limited to natural births. Well, um, in terms of the pelvic floor,
1: if you think taking the birth and how the babies came out of the body, out yeah. of the picture the pelvic floor gets loaded during a pregnancy. Um, The pelvic floor muscles will um, get loaded from the weight of the baby in the uterus and the amniotic fluid and all of that. So um, there is impact no matter if you've had a C-section or a vaginal birth is basically what we're saying. There's load on the pelvic floor. Now, if um, ladies say with vaginal birth has had any trauma to the perineum, so like an episiotomy, a surgical insertion to help baby get out, or second, third or fourth degree tear, then they're cutting through those superficial muscles of the pelvic floor so they okay. need to do a lot of rehab there okay. but a lot of time if somebody hasn't had any trauma there no reason for weakenings as such okay. they'll have a leakage a lot of the times that we will see in the clinic is when we do an internal assessment is actually that it's not that the pelvic floor is weak believe it or not it's actually that the pelvic floor is tight actually hyper tone like it's got it's too tight yes. so not able to fully let go to be able to actually work and do its job yeah. do you know so yeah that's that's a big finding that we would find like yeah. for a lot of ladies that come in and sit here with c-sections like and they're we do an all about mom check where we check everything from back movement to tummy muscle separation to pelvic floor and now i think it's definitely the wave has changed that yes. women are coming in and are just like i want everything checked even if it's a c-section but previously it used to be like but you have a c-section my pelvic floor is fine and like, but is it? You don't know yet. Do you know what I mean? And but also, yeah, it's just from a pelvic floor point of view. But at the C section, is the reason why we were advocating the pelvic internal check is like, okay, you might not have any issues leakage-wise with pelvic floor, constipation, bowels or anything like that. But for you to get that connection, that key to turning on those lower tummy muscles, yeah. we are only going to guess if you're switching them on properly. Whereas internally, if we do an internal examination. Well, then we can give complete feedback that your pelvic floor is perfect. It's switching on your tummy muscles. Great. And it gives the client, more importantly, the knowledge. Oh, OK, I get that. Do you know? Yeah. So they go away a lot more in parts. But yeah, yeah. The, sorry, I broke you, Kathy. But no. it is turning now. Like a, a lot of ladies, I have. I would find a lot of C-section ladies have a tight pelvic floor. That's probably for me. me. Yeah, <laughs> personally, fun? personally, after all my three sections, uh, it was horrendous going back to intercourse. Like I was like, Marie angela fix me again. the <laughs> husband I, has a lot to thank me for. <laughs> I had to get internal release done because my when if you think about your C-section scar, you cutting through. All that deep layers, right? But yeah. all your mind, passion, your body's connected, right? Yeah. So if you've got if you've got an incision here, if you think about your trousers, and then the, them two layers have to come together, right? Yeah. That pulls on tension on the lower yeah. pelvic floor area. So you know, it goes without saying that that will. And then if you couple into that there, maybe trauma, traumatic emergency section, or you know, um a birth plan that never went your way. Yeah. um Pelvic floor tightens. Pelvic floor and the jaw are closely linked. If you're stressed, if you're hyper and go 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 your pelvic floor is going to be tight I I think you do have
0: a tight pelvic floor Tara (laughs) you need to come for an assessment Tara well I'm going to come for an assessment I completely agree because I have the jaws clenched (laughs) I have those bike guards you wear at night I like grind like a mad woman oh without a doubt you know and it's funny because whenever I'm out with my friends, we call ourselves the ten the ten ladies. Like that's I've got that stage in my life now where the ten ladies, you know, we can't run too fast, we can't laugh too much, or we can't sneeze because we just uh, we just wet ourselves and, and it's as a joke, but it's not a bloody joke, you well, know, we shouldn't be like yeah, that. Yeah. And and, and some people are gonna accept it
1: like that. And you don't have to be like that because another another reason for you is this is this something that's de- developing like in more recent years that you're yeah. feeling so you're looking at the hormonal change from oh absolutely and menopause
0: yeah and, and tell me and tell me this you know in terms of now that we're you just hit on the menopause there you know anybody listening to this in terms of menopause does does is there any change in that throughout you know when you move into the, the that sort of stage where your your hormones like estrogen and progesterone testosterone are nosediving. what changes yeah. happen then or like the, it's like sure even from your Oh point of Jesus, view, tell yeah. me there's no more, please.
1: <laughs> but you know yourself that there's the reduction in muscle mass and things that you have to work harder, and you've yeah. got that list of osteoporosis and all. Like the pelvic floor, and this is why when we we the group of ladies we work with mostly is that you know, pregnancy postpartum, we're telling them we're talking about menopause to them now because mm-hmm. we want them to be as strong as possible going into their perimenopausal years because your body's going against you in your perimenopausal years with the nose dive diving estrogen. Yeah. So if you're working with a strong pelvic floor, so if you're working on your pelvic floor now, it's going to be in a lot stronger position because it's naturally it is going to get weaker. And the tissues thinner. that Yeah. And you know, so for the likes of that's why I was questioning around what you were saying there, Tara, in terms of we would see um ladies in their perimenopausal years that come in and they're baffled they're like but I don't understand this I Mm -hmm. had four children and I had no leakage and now I've got this leakage but you're like but your your body was functioning and your pelvic floor was strong enough to hold you doing what it was doing along with your hormonal levels right Mm -hmm. but if you had a potentially have got assessed maybe your pelvic floor was sitting like middle of the road and was able to do what it needed to do but if if you know you had got assessed and we would have thought would have explained right. Okay, but we need a strong, healthy, normal functioning pelvic floor because we know that hormones are going to work against us. Yeah. So if you get that right up there at that that time, so that's what we're trying to
0: really do. Is oh my really god, that is, that's amazing. I I didn't. I actually didn't know that. That is yeah. that that. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with my sister there recently, and. You know, <laughs> we're talking the conversations you have, but Dr. Shrim as well said, we're talking about you know holding in. When you have to go to the toilet in a long journey. We're, we're actually talking about drinking water. Star, I can't. I just can't drink because if I, you know, I need to be near a toilet. She's running to the toilet, and I said, "Jesus, no, I could. I could hold it in. I'm. I'm really good at holding it in." And she's sorry to. I don't know, but I'm really good at holding it in. It kills me, but I can hold it in. And and then I'm thinking, she says to me, your pelvic floor must be good. And I went, No, it's definitely not good because every time I run, I you know, I feel like I could pay myself afterwards, but you but I don't what? do what or I'm running.
1: I like think about think about it this way, right? Think about the bicep analogy, right? So if you think if you look at my arm and yeah. I've got my long arm extended, this is my pelvic floor. Okay, my pelvic floor is lengthened. Your pelvic floor is designed to move up and down. That's what happens. Okay. So imagine this is your pelvic floor. And um, I bet you, because you, you can hold it in because your pelvic floor is sitting here. So if yeah. you've got, you're like, "Oh, I need to hold in, need to hold in," right? Yeah. But the problem is, is your pelvic floor can't come back out to this. So imagine your pelvic floor is sitting like this, right? Now yeah. you need to sneeze or cough. It's got nowhere to go. Whereas yeah. if it's nice and relaxed, maybe you sneeze, cough, boop, and then you don't leak. Do right. you know what I mean? You're not fully really letting go of your pelvic floor, so it's yeah. just about getting that release and and tightening.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's that. That's that's me uptight. That's that's <laughs> me all over well look and, and look we're on the 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 conversation of aesthetically pleasing tommies and and um you know and i always try to say to women look ladies freaking god look what you have and look at the sacrifice you know jesus it's nothing you know it's just, you've got a healthy child and but some people they, they want to do everything within their power in terms of, and I know the, um, you know, stretch marks. and uh, The other one, separation of, and you know, I would get quite a lot of questions on my online bootcamp with ladies who have tummy separation. And again, my knowledge doesn't extend fully. I, I don't understand it enough to give them the right advice. And I always send them to their physio, but talk, talk about that and, and people who have a separation at birth, can they get that back? Is it a, as a, as a, a, they have to go and get an operation? What nope. exercise fix it? Talk me through that.
1: No, some, that I'm just saying no there, but some people may need to get an operation. And that's, again, something way, way down the line. Before, if you've After exhausted that, yeah. everything in terms of your physio rehab and all that, for a lot of our women that come in here with diastasis they make brilliant, brilliant progress. And it's just having the right kind of exercise. And it's never, you can't go on the internet and go, exercises to fix my diastasis or my tummy muscle separation it's individual my individual my program i give to one person that comes in my diastasis will be very different to the next person that comes in my diastasis because it's based on the assessment findings yeah Um, it's really really it's it's one of those things that diastasis is really important in that it's if you're separation of your tummy muscles that tends to mean that you've got a weaker core and then can end up with back pain it's So, so yeah. but for a lot of women it's not about the separation it's about how it looks yeah that's
0: and it's the appearance of it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. some people some ladies can still get asked you know are like are, still- you, are you still pregnant or do you mean or, and that's that's very hard emotionally Yeah, that's really hard yeah but again it all comes back to the foundations how are they engaged in their core muscles um you know and also it's like you need to see changes you need to load this area so there's there is a group of ladies that maybe have this fear because they're like oh god i can't do that exercise because i've got diastasis but actually it's how you move and how you breathe whilst you're doing the exercise so you to see changes you need to take it to the fence so you need to load that tummy, um but making sure that you're not over, going over the fence as such in the fact that you're that you're able to control what you're doing okay if you do too high level exercise and you're not controlling it that you've got like like a dome in, cone in you're holding your breath that's too much yeah you scale it back but still have it at a high enough level that it's challenging the core so that you can see changes mm-hmm. um and really we we train through the postnatal programs do you know that they get all those steps they're building those blocks Um, right from the offset but the other thing is too like it comes back to our two kind of maybe uh, industries working together (coughs) is that that, you know diastasis if you have tummy muscle separation lying on your back doing pilates is not going to fix it do you know what I mean like yes we come from a pilates rehab background but they need to be doing the weights and that's what we do a lot in our classes is weights and strength training so the things that you're will actually really help them coupled with a physio session to go right okay let me see how you're breathing let me see how you're moving with that there let's see what's happening in the tummy when you do this exercise when you do that exercise and we're moving away from it being like fear mongering. and um oh i've got a tummy muscle separation so i need to be very careful no you need to move and you need to get stronger and why are you still log rolling at eight months after having a baby that with you log roll eight months after having a baby you're weakening your rectus abdominis muscles yeah. you need Get moving, and it's about pressure management. And even if you're doming, it's about making sure that it's not Sweet. a hard. Get, if it's a hard doming, and you're they got there, that's a big pressure, and that's been pushed out. Whereas if it's you know you're getting a you know exercise, and it's you're feeling a separation, it looks like you're doming, but it's soft. That's actually okay. Yeah, just going on that, just it just follows on from something that I was thinking about there. Pressure management's massive. So do you see these ladies that have. Um, like they're rehabbing from separation, we really encourage, and this will go with what your 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 side of things in nutrition, the importance of good food going in there, piles, Biles. Biles are massive. Massive. Yes. Because if someone is recovering from a, a, a good separation, even yes. C and C section. Yes. And C sec, yeah, they do not want to be straining. Because if they're straining oh. to constipate or if they're constipated, sorry, and they're needing to strain,
0: yeah,
1: the pressure goes to the area of least resistance. So if they are straining every time they go to the toilet, they're actually pushing out on an area that's trying its best to recover. And that's also important is that, you know, a lot of ladies with diastases, 100% of ladies at 35 weeks gestation pregnancy, has separation all of us separate even though you might think oh well i never had any separation yes everyone did to varying degrees mm-hmm. but we our bodies are not our bodies want our bodies are amazing the woman's body yeah. is amazing it wants to recover yeah. so the majority of ladies will recover sort of within that sort of That's eight right. to twelve weeks do you yeah. know after that if you're still dealing with deaths then you probably need a little bit of help to guide you do you yeah. know
0: but well, yeah, yeah. post c-section then in terms of a plan of action for getting back into exercise um what is your what would your, your guidance be on that
1: see six so weeks. yeah it's, well there's no yes. you know see for a lot of women they think oh i have to wait six weeks and then boom i'm away and go to hell for leather we would be very much advocates of you can actually start your rehab day one after you have your section, do you know what I mean? So the our focus would be on breath work to breathe into the scar, to separate, just to hopefully you know open and let the tissue slide and glide and work on that breath because it'll be very limited at the start because you're, you're healing and the scar is going to be quite sore. So it's just gently trying to get breath into that lower tummy area. Um, and then starting to work on the touch, okay, to to try and help with desensitization and you're touching above the scar. And then once it's fully closed, then you can start to be working on the scar. You can be doing stretches and mobility work, which is gonna help again to lengthen and slide and glide those tissues around the scar, which is gonna help. hopefully help that, you know, the scar and tissue isn't gonna get all in a wee ball. You know what I mean? Because we want to get early movement is key um, with scar. And often what limits early movement is pain. And that's why it's so important to make sure they're taking their pain mm-hmm. relief. And then from about four to six weeks, you can start your gentle, lower level core rehab, which is you know your band exercises, Pilates rehab, lovely way to get back into kind of movement and exercise. And from about six to eight weeks to ten weeks, you can be introducing weights, low weights, and yeah. building up body strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and building upon that, there, um, the guidelines, postnatal guidelines recommend, um, and, and the only guidelines, twelve weeks before starting to return to running. Okay, but, you know, it's trying to build up, making sure that you've done all your prep work for that. So you could be doing single leg squats. You can be doing your single leg bridges. There's no reason that you can't be doing all of that there um, if you've had non-complicated C-section. I think we need to move away from like, um, well, can I just ask if you were accepting a lady onto your program? Is it a 12 week?
0: we we do six weeks and then in my private program one-to-one program is a minimum of 12 weeks okay see because the thing is sometimes the the negative i suppose
1: um point of view on that one would be is that if somebody just they sometimes wait to 12
0: weeks and then they just jump straight back into this, is, this is the problem and this i see this all the time and it's it's not a one size fits all everybody's different and if you're coming from a training background and you've been training through your pregnancy and you've had a c-section then you're going to be a different ball game to somebody who's never trained before who's had c-section was it a traumatic c-section was you know everybody's so different and I always, always err on the side of caution for, for the health of the mummy. You know, come back on, let's get back on and surely to God, do maybe the gentle yoga. And, you know, let's let's fix your diet. Let's get optimal nutrition. Let's get the body strong again. Let's start eating well, drinking well. You know, let's start repairing the gut, getting the fiber into the diet, getting the bowels moving, gentle walking, bit of yoga, let's ease it in. See yeah. how you feel. Because I know, now I am... Um, you know, I, I've been training most of my life. I have been r- and I, running all of my life from from ever as far as long as I can remember. I've been doing exercise almost four or five days a week. That's all I've known. And I remember after my C-sections, I couldn't exercise for a year. I was banjaxed. I was wrecked. So and I'm always one for get up and go. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's try something. But I know myself from my own personal experience. I couldn't do it. So and I would usually ball on. You know whether it was good for me or not I would bull on and end up doing myself damage but I physically wasn't fit to, to to exercise and you know so I'm always I would always err on the side of caution and um for me it's about you'll know when you're ready you know and, and not to push it too soon you know not to go too much too soon and I
1: think wait, you've summarized it's, yeah. it's multifactorial it's multifactorial yeah. but I think what what we probably want to come away from really is that a lady doesn't sit for 12 weeks and do nothing and then just expect well i'm 12 weeks now so i need to go back straight back what they're doing if they're ready um is actually just building it up gradually what you've said Mm -hmm. about if somebody has been training throughout their pregnancy you know like we we see people they they come into classes at with the c-section at six weeks do you know and um because i suppose we're I suppose we're happy we're knowledge knowledgeable we usually see that client in clinic Mm so um but we know that it's going to be much better for that mummy to have built themselves up gradually Mm -hmm. um rather than doing nothing and actually what they're doing is reducing strength and the fourth trimester is hard it's much harder than pregnancy because in pregnancy with the separation of the tummy muscles you've still got a uterus supporting that separation okay so ladies will feel stronger 37 38 39 weeks pregnant than they will in the fourth trimester because the uterus has went right back down into the pelvic cavity so now this separation that's there now there is all the organs and stuff and now there's a weakness a severe weakness there couple that with a section yeah so it's so important that when they're able to move when they're mentally ready to move that we can guide them to go on that journey Build them. We talk about build the foundations. Get yeah. the foundations right, and you, you're going to fly. And the thing is, Tara, sometimes ladies will be like, um "You'll see them," and you know, I say here at my class, and like, "Oh, I'm like, I'm three months now, and my friends back at the gym and flying fit and doing all this here." And there's a lot of comparison. Oh, there
0: really is. There you really know,
1: is. I kind of going right. You're you're here working on your foundations, and your friends. That's fine. And she may be fine, or she may. Three months down the line, start to break down because she didn't work on her foundations. So that house, that roof of the house is starting to shake because the foundations weren't there to begin with. Yeah. So if you can have nice, strong foundations, then build upon that there and build okay. it and gradually. And it's a year recovery.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and, and sometimes you're challenged with putting the reins on people because they want to go out yeah, of gung-ho. Yeah,
1: and yeah. I'm always saying,
0: um, get the buggy. You know, go yeah. and walk with the buggy around the park. Take, yeah. if you see a wee tiny hill? Walk up the hill with a buggy a few times that's resistance, to See yeah. how you feel doing that, but yeah. don't push yourself, don't take it very, very easy. And you know, uh, I'm all for women, uh, you know, performing at their potential. But there's sometimes you have to know when to push, and sometimes you have to know when to pull back and take it easy and understand, listen to your body. And, um, you know, sometimes I say sleep, hydration, nutrition women are going through a lot mentally and if you're breastfeeding as well you have that extra energy expenditure via breastfeeding you don't need to be good out running and walking and exercise you're getting that calorie burn that way and yeah, it is. It's about finding the balance um, and people just want to bounce back. They see too much social media and all these people bouncing back and they have no knowledge of what's going on in the background. They just see the aesthetics, the front end. And I think, know, everybody's different. Take it at your own pace. Forget, block out what everybody else is doing and focus on yourself. And, you know, I think for women, that's what they need to do and stop comparing themselves. And, um, you know, I remember when I had my C-section, my friend at the same time, um we had our c-sections in different areas you know she was one trust and I was the other trust and what happened in the trust that I was in they, they had they didn't stitch you you were stuck you had this is like I'm thinking back with Tom's 19 now and you you know it must have been quite advanced at that stage, but you were glued together so there was no st- maybe two stitches at the end and you had this like suction it was like a big elastoplast you know like a big plaster yeah, a yeah. massive plaster like yeah. And you were stuck and that stayed on for seven to 10 days. And, you know, you had no stitching. So there was very little. I had no infections or anything. And I think it was because of that. Where she was tortured and she thought that she was a failure because she had infections and I didn't have infections. And it was nothing to do. But your your hormones are up the left. You're wired up. You're all through yourself. And then you've all the added pressure of trying to bounce back into your pre, you know, where somebody who was fit. I was fit my whole life never yeah. had problems with ever been out of shape until I had my c-sections and my body I just I, I didn't recognize myself for a long time but yeah. at the same time every time I looked at my two children that faded I, I didn't care I thought I'll, I'll, I'll get back there I'll get back you'll you, you will get back eventually if you just you know you'd be grateful and thankful and just take your time and no one's you there. Know, everybody's so so different yeah you know Absolutely. and in terms of mobility as well, because was with Sandy's off camera there, we, we, I coach a lot of women in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And you're trying to encourage women to preserve their strength and their lean body mass to help with their balance and the coordination and, and their mobility into their 60s and 70s. And a lot of women would come to me, I can't exercise because I had a back injury. And you find out the back injury was five years ago and you go, well, actually, you know, I would advise you to go to your physio and find out what you can do you've got to do something you've got to move and I think you know I always am <laughs> of the opinion I'd rather burn out than rust out you know um, what is in terms of getting older talk me through you know people with injuries or long-term injuries and there's a fear and I understand that fear because I broke my wrist a few years ago and I, there's nobody was more scared than me but I, I did push through it and I, I really worked really hard in rehabbing my wrist and arm and it's probably stronger now than the other arm because I've probably yeah. overtrained this yeah. to compensate. But, you know, I know that using it is better than losing it because you do lose it. Talk us through, you know, anybody listening to this podcast who is worried about getting back into exercise, who maybe does have, you know yourself, that you've that fear, you know, in the background. What if it tweaks something again? What if it goes? Talk us through that and the importance of movement and strength and for uh, as we get older and, and through menopause.
1: Well, I think we we touched a bit, wee bit about
0: estrogen levels and the
1: effect that has on your muscles and your mm-hmm. joints and the weakening of all of those. So, and, and and the effect then on to like osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. You no, know, for osteoporosis, the best thing is is to do loaded weight bearing exercise. You know, like, to build up the muscle strength of bones. And you know, if you're, I like what you're saying, use it or lose it. But like you know, we use motion as lotion. And yeah. for those people that come into our clinic that are feared of movement, I always say it's a bad day if we can't give you an exercise that's not going to cause you pain. So quite often we'll say my back's sore all the time. Um, I can't move. I can't do this and I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, so let's see what you can do. Okay, let's take the focus away from what you can't do to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll maybe look at, you know, movement in four-point kneeling. We'll look at movement in different positions. And I'll be like, look how well your back's moving here. And when it comes down to it, as often as that, the, the, they don't like to bend forwards because it was a straw that broke the camel's back because that's when the back the, in went the I right. out, do you know what I mean? Put something out in my back and once we kind of can start to go well let's give you greater exposure to that movement let's start you like sitting on a chair and sliding your hands down towards your toes does that feel okay? well that actually feels okay well that's you bending your back but you're in a chair and it's a different environment to maybe when you hurt your back and it's giving them the confidence to know that it is okay to move and it's just starting because you've had maybe five years of this pain, and you haven't moved. You can't just go back to doing what you were doing five years ago because everything has stiffened up and tightened up. Yeah. So we need to start it gradually. It's like flossing your teeth. You know, yeah. if you haven't flossed your teeth in years, you're never going to get in there. Yeah. You have know, to so start chipping away at it, chipping that away at it, chipping away at it. And then eventually that will come back. Yeah. But it's getting the right environment, getting the right person to guide you. You can't, you won't do it yourself because you've got this fear element. Um, so whether that is, you know, your yoga or your Pilates or, you know, your physio or your personal trainer, you have to have trust in them. And once you've got that trust process, the the magic will happen, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I I think the physio led Pilates is fantastic because, you know, I've so many times I've have clients and I would say, look, start off with physio led Pilates because you have the mental reassurance that, well, my coach here is a physiotherapist. Yeah. they know what they're doing they've trained in university for four years they've done all the work they they're they know the crack um because i would be sometimes even nervous and giving people advice when especially when they're coming with with an injury or you know a long-term restriction especially around their mobility and i would say go to physio-led and, and start building the fundamentals first um but you know when you know yourself, and I know myself, whenever I don't move, when I go on holidays, I stuffing up because I don't want to do anything. Yeah. just lying there all day. Look, like a, like a, yeah. a, a croc, oh, sore legs, sore back, sore arms. And once you start moving again, you're flying.
1: Yeah. Like the, whenever we take breaks from our classes, from teaching our classes, yeah. same Tara. You know, we were designed, our bodies are designed to move, they need movement. Um so if someone has a real static job, um, chair-based job, you know, um I actually can totally understand why they have back issues, do you yeah. know? Because um they're their their whole environment's too stagnant. We need mm-hmm. to um so the yeah. other thing I would probably like to say is like we, we don't want to create robots. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you think about people go, oh yeah, oh you got to, and sometimes physios, we are bad at it like you know I, i'm not saying that generically but sometimes you'll go to physio and you're going in for oh, i've got the sony and you come out going well my foot's internally rotated my, my back is i'm tilted up my pelvis and you come out with all these and it's kind of going right okay is that the right way to be doing this you know you look at somebody's posture and everybody's posture is different and we would always talk about And the question we would get asked is what's the best posture to sit in you know and our answer is Your next posture is your best posture, which basically means don't sit in the same position for any length of time. So if somebody wants to sit in their chair and slump, absolutely, have a wee break, come back out of it. Do you know what I mean? So you're not trying to go, right, you need to be in this position, right? And then now all you need to do is walk around like a rigid robot. It's letting yourself feeling the movement and making sure that you're you've got an awareness that you're not sitting too long you're not standing too long you're getting that movement yeah and even just following on from that having strength in your full range mm-hmm. so inner back pain classes we have specific back pain classes and we will do that roll back in a seated position so and they're going into that sort of curvature and you can see mm-hmm. some people are a bit like oh my goodness no but this might and
0: you're like but you have to get strong in that position again yeah. got to get strong you got to get strength back do you know and the amount of time that I coach you know we do four strength sessions a week in our online program and I'm always saying to the ladies and I turn my back and say see that we're going to train we're going to we're going to strengthen your back we're going to train your back people you know because we only see her front and a lot of us you know whether we like it or not we want to aesthetically look the part but you've got to remember, this is the bad boy that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. It's the strength, it's the back. And I usually find that most people who have back injuries as well, who I see, are people who have long commutes to work. Now, that's changed. But them commutes, sitting in the car for maybe three hours a day, five days, week—that's 15 hours a week sitting, you know. And then we've gone from that, and freaking sitting, you know, seven, eight hours a day at our desk, you know. And you're thinking, look, you're crying out for an injury. here. Get moving, get up, get walking, do a bit of Pilates, do a bit of yoga so you know it, it definitely it's um the train on your back is so so important and and the glutes tara like the glutes, the posterior chain from the back of the right up it's so important yeah. yeah and um but look you know it's just so good to talk to these ladies and to talk openly and freely and you know talk about you know the, the wobbly tummies and the you know the 10k runs and you pay yourself afterwards and the tanner lady nights out and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, no one, I know. I'm leaving
1: the podcast, knowing if you've got pelvic floor issues, if you've got time issues, there is something that you can do about it. Oh, do you know well, this you? is
0: this is about. It's about letting I mean, women know that you know you don't have to be a victim. You can get changed. You can change it whether it be your weight whether it be your strength whether it be your back whether it be your your c-section wobbly tongue you can do something about it and here's how you go about doing it and here's the people here are the people to go to and and in terms of you ladies you know the whole i love that whole rehab postnatally around your your, your pelvic floor and your lower abs and your back do you used to do online classes and so that you. That to guide women because like a lot of my clients are worldwide they're not in northern ireland or they're not in mid-ulster and and like i know you are probably 30 minutes down the road for me but you know for most people listen to us they're they're everywhere do you yeah. do online classes girls yeah tell us
1: give,
0: yeah. us, give us give us the details
1: well, i think covid was the silver silver lining in that tara like we would <laughs> have girls we have we had got it A lot of girls actually traveled up from Monaghan at a time. It was just one girl came from an all about mum, And then off that there came a few few other of her friends and whatnot. And I remember them saying to us, girls, you need to have classes like online. And we were like, yeah, but Mm -hmm. just never had had the time. time. But COVID created that time. Kathy had died in just the midst of COVID. And Mm -hmm. we ended up then just it was initially it was just like, how do we get these classes to our ladies right now?
0: Yeah, so you then, have it fast uh, and a
1: germ lockdown, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. So literally that's just how it happened. And then we've we've grew that now, and we do have the postnatal phase not one, two, and three. To take and that's ladies. actually quite nice because phase zero is going from what we talked about there the breath work and the connection to the pelvic floor right through to phase three where you are jumping running you know what i mean you're working at high intensity level yeah so it's a nice wee pathway to go that is a safe recovery route do you know what mm-hmm. i mean um and then there's all our other general programs like you've got beginner pilates you've got back pain pilates you've got Um, you know intermediate level advanced level and they're all there like pre-recorded and then we have all the educational videos and all that that brilliant and it's
0: all instructor-led and you talk through it I love that and love that because that's really important because you can go on to youtube but you don't get that instructor-led professional you know guided through each exercise and how they should be feeling I think that's really really important and people like that reassurance so what's your website and where can people get access to these um, online courses
1: yeah, so our websites um com, And okay. then within that website, there's loads of, and, and actually on the website there's wee educational that's topics on Brilliant. pelvic floor. If you've just had a baby, um if you're pregnant, um if you have pelvic floor issues. So there's loads of um education information there for women that maybe want to know a little bit more. we going to touched the topics and that think, mm, that's maybe me. Um so definitely have a wee check of that there.
0: Okay, and where can people find you on socials? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah,
1: we're the mummy physios on Instagram. And um yeah, the yeah, I think we're mummy physios. No, middle, we're middlester Pilates and Physio on Facebook. So we're we've kind of we've got two Instagram handles, Middlester Pilates, which is that more for Pilates we classes and for men, because when we became the Mummy Physios, we are like, but we still have men in our classes. So we've got the two, but our main handle on Instagram is the
0: mummy physios. Okay, and brilliant. And anybody who does live close to in, in the Mid-Ulster area, do you just run on-site classes? Yeah. yeah. So
1: we we run, we based in Moneymore and um the station house, which is
0: just outside Marfelt
1: on the Glen Sheen, really at the Marfelt end of it. Um, and then we also do a live class for it's like a we call it Move Mommy Move, and it's a strength and conditioning class, really, for our postnatal ladies. And um, yeah, so that's that's the main class that we run face to face and live at the minute. There's really sure. mum and baby classes too. So, like, even for mummies, that you know, and that's we created that because there's that barrier. If you have a child, you, you know, I can't, I don't have anybody to look after the child to go and do my class so yeah. many classes postnatal which is lovely for the mummies to get the opportunity to get
0: out brilliant brilliant girls thank you so so much that was fantastic I thoroughly enjoyed that and so oh my god you learned so much you know I I just love I I love the fact that you know people listening to this you know they'll feel okay right I can actually do something because there's so many people are so they're mortified they're they're embarrassed I think what I, you know what am I going to do but look ladies you know this is at the click of a button all you have to do is log on to their website go and have a look if you like the look of their classes you can do it from the privacy of your own home where nobody sees you if you have had a baby you have your baby beside you you know that's the beauty about online coaching and ladies thank you so much uh really really appreciate it thank you tara okay bye. Bye, Bye. bye, bye. bye